and gentlemen, this is the Saul Goodman, the better, better call Saul podcast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, sitting on the couch with his girlfriend is Dave. Dave, how's it going? I uh, missed the joke that I was going to say, so I will just say hi. And on the uh, third mic, getting his shit together is Jeff. Jeff, can you hear me? I can hear you. It just takes a while for me to get my shit together. <laughs> All right. Uh Dave, pretty exciting day. Uh, I was at work, about ready to go home. I get this email from uh, AMC, and it appears that today is the day, after two-plus years of saying it, that uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Bob Odenkirk, is going to call our uh, shitty little podcast. <laughs> and, and as with Michael McKeon, I am so excited I'm not excited. Like, I'm trying so hard to stay not excited. <laughs> yeah you know you know what's funny about this whole whole ordeal is um we only have at most uh scheduled seven minutes to talk to bob and what's funny about it is is i said okay you know like we we probably need to a little bit be a little bit more focused than we are with our typical nothing important interviews to make the best use of the time mm-hmm. but what that is what has that has done for me is actually in a weird way ruined my preparation because as I sit here and think about questions that I might want to ask, now I can't think of questions that I would want to ask. You know, I kind of <laughs> been going through that myself. Like, it's probably better if we just do what we always do and just mm-hmm. be conscious not to meander or have any long-winded right. introductions or anything. But yeah, because mm-hmm. we start thinking of questions and then it changes what we do anyway. We never think of questions before we start talking anyway. So just do That's our true. thing. We'll That's just true. do our thing and keep it shorter. That's true. Now, uh, Dave, have you watched the first two episodes of uh, Better Call Saul that AMC sent us? Only the first episode. I did watch the first episode. Only the first episode. I feel like, uh, while we're waiting for Bob, I feel like this season has like its own distinct tone that the first two seasons didn't. It's possible. Maybe like a third album. But uh, I don't know. The feeling I got... I mean, I don't know if I can say this. The first episode just kind of lays the groundwork for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to tell where it's going. You know where, the, like, you see the arrow pointed, but you really haven't taken a step in that direction yet. Right, absolutely. One thing One thing uh, we can say, because this is probably going to... Well, I, I did the preview, so it's out there. But I feel from, just from what you saw without any specifics, I feel like uh, this will be the season two where we get a larger glimpse into... Um, Gene's life pro- post Breaking Bad. The way that they set that up, it, I mean, there's no way they could let that hang till season four. Yeah, that was that was. Uh, well, I was about to get into like analyzing it, so I'll just say I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't remember in the previous two seasons, right? Like they didn't really check in with Gene all that much. It was just kind of. It was always the uh, opener. Kind of- they, uh, both seasons started with an opening scene from Gene. That went five to ten minutes. Like I think the second one was pretty long. I think each one's gotten longer and more detailed mm-hmm. and more insightful into how he is dealing right, with the, the situation. The first, the first season, it was Gene trying to. He it seemed like he was still getting acclimated to his life at the as a manager of a Cinnabon, and then he had all the paranoia that somebody might. That's just I was going to say. It's all him. about his paranoia. Mm-hmm. Is what it always and comes then, down to. Then the second season, he seemed a little bit more reserved, but then he locked himself inside the dumpster room, and it became this dilemma, you know, should he or could he call for help and risk the chance of being found out? Because presumably in this world, 
uh, he would have to be a wanted felon. Like he would have to be somebody yeah. they're looking for. Well, he wouldn't be. Yeah, he wouldn't be hiding like that if he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And as I as I recall, I, I think I think what made that so uh, beautiful at the uh, the gene sequence in season two was that uh, he he was just kind of let out because the janitor happened to come by. <laughs> right. But yeah, he just kind of skipped out the door as soon as the janitor opened the door, and uh, that was just kind of scoops out. This season. Right? Yeah, doesn't say what nothing. Yeah. Just leaves. Just doesn't try try to draw any attention to himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It interesting. It. Yeah, there's like three different like, characters I, now. You got Saul Goodman, Jimmy McGill, and Gene. Mm-hmm. Make yeah. sure we talk about that in the it, interview. Playing three characters in one show. I, Boom. One question down. Actually, yeah. Actually, I. Uh, I have I have an idea of how I'm going to throw that question out to him. So cool, cool. But I don't have a plan, but that was actually something I thought about. Where I'm at right now, I'm in my I'm in an extra office space within my office in downtown Chicago, and it's always funny when I bring my microphone <laughs> to work because some people think I'm doing commercial voiceovers, and, I, <laughs> and some people probably just think some people have no idea why I would possibly bring a microphone, or maybe they think I'm really into Skype. Because we do a lot of Skype meetings, and a lot of people just use their headphones, and they're like, wow, that guy really wants his voice to come across well on Skype that it brings a whole microphone set up. Just tell people you're moonlighting on your lunch break, and then don't elaborate. <laughs> well, what's, what's funny is uh, Brandon K. Hampton stopped by and uh, came here, and if you remember, we were standing outside uh, chatting before I had to go to the train and before you guys went to dinner, mm-hmm. and that gentleman come up, and he kind of patted me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, have a good weekend, Brian. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. That was kind of weird. Right. So that, that gentleman uh, works within my office. He's a, he's a super decent guy. I hope so. And, uh, I would hate to think when, that when random came- people just go up to you on the street and say, hey, Brian, have a good day. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a pretty popular guy. <laughs> <laughs> So Monday when he came in, he he asked me, he's like, he's like, hey, he's like, who's that guy you're with? He looks kind of familiar. And I'm like, who, Dave? I'm like, is that because he's uh, chubby and white and looks like me? (laughs) (laughs) The black hair right here. And he's he's like, he's like, no, that other guy. And uh, I actually, you know, I ended up telling him, I'm like, well, that's uh, Brandon K. Hampton. He's you probably recognize him from uh, Better Call Saul. He has a decent sized role on that. And uh he, he was a little impressed. So he's like, how did you hang out with him? How do you know him? And I'm like, well, this is the first time I met him, but I, I've talked to him on the phone a few times. And so now the word's out that I actually do a podcast, which I'm not sure if I'm uh, proud of, indifferent to, or embarrassed about for people <laughs> at work <laughs> at work to find out what I do in my spare time. I'd say like, oh, that's pretty cool, as he dug the crap out of his pants that he just made. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it was more like it was more like that weird thing, like when uh, people don't want to seem rude that either they don't have an idea of what you're talking about or they're not impressed with what you're talking about, so they just kind of like rear their head back like at a weird angle, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, <laughs> like oh, oh, that's nice." It's like when a child draws like a really terrible picture and they tell you that it's you, and then you're like, "Oh." That's it's a like, great analogy. My daughter will do that from time to time. She's a really good artist, but other times she'll she looks draw at your like drawings and goes, oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, check it out, Penelope. Look at this sweet picture I drew. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but well, then it's cool because she brings. Because I can see Penelope actually doing that. 
Like she's got that right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she totally. Yeah. The uh, the other uh, my my youngest daughter's reaction would be just to destroy anything that I created. <laughs> like just she'd be like, "Oh, daddy drew that. Must be something to throw up or uh, throw up." <laughs> yeah, there you go. It must be something to throw up throw up on. Exactly. <laughs> Better that than me. Did she throw up on you? Oh, she snotted all over me. That's what it was. She was. Oh yeah. Snots. That- we're getting way off course here for It's All Good, man. But I will say one of the grossest moments of being a father is when my oldest daughter accidentally threw up in my mouth. Oh, yes. Right. Now, I've thrown – like, she, I picked she, her up. She just learned about baby birds is what happened, right? <laughs> yeah. She wanted to play mama bird. It was uh, it was nice. You know, I, I mean, I was dressed like a chick, like a chicken, <laughs> like a baby chick. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing well, up in each other's mouth. That takes us back to college days, Brian. Mm-hmm. Well, it was it was casual <laughs> day at work. <laughs> so. I was going to make a comment about how you love dinosaurs so much, and now they, you know, dinosaurs are close to birds. So I wonder if dinosaurs yeah, would they, uh, they are they, the they are mouth. of that that lineage. But uh, anyway, so any moment now, Bob Odenkirk should be calling us, and I'm happy that we finally get to fulfill this promise, and uh, people can stop emailing me about it. <laughs> Make sure to ask him when's the last time somebody puked into his mouth. Maybe it was Marco. <laughs> he'll probably hang up and be like, "Why?" He'll probably go to AMC and be like, "Why did you put me on the phone with this asshole?" <laughs> Actually, you know, isn't that the goal the, though? Isn't that the goal? Yeah, it's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing about it is, is uh, I almost in a weird way, but I don't want to waste the time. So if we had like fifteen minutes or more, I would waste the time, but. Uh, at some point down the road, we'll we'll try to get him on again. If we ever get him on again, I'm going to ask him if he is aware of who we are, not because we're so cool, but basically for the past two years, we've pretty much harassed uh, <laughs> just about every cast member of um, Better Call Saul. Whatever, man. It landed me in a gig on a, a, gig on a TV pilot, so I'm happy about it. <laughs> yeah, and then, <laughs> and then uh, actually after he calls – uh, we're also scheduled to uh, once again talk to Ray Seahorn, which is super exciting. Mm-hmm. She's the uh, she's our first. She's the, definitely the genesis of uh, of what we do here. So it'll be nice to check in with with her again. Did you uh, the MC? I'll say, did you did you text Patrick? I did. Awesome. I did. So a quick story is last time we talked to Patrick Fabian, he was talking about Ray Seahorn, and coincidentally, she. What'd she do? She called him. She called him. He, and was, he tried to merge her into the call and ended up hanging up on us. Yeah. <laughs> so he said that if we if we ever talk to her again, let him know and he'll try to interrupt her phone call. Yes. So I did text him and I said, uh, Patrick, Ray is giving us a call at X time uh, if you want to interrupt her again. Awesome. But uh, I, I'm not sure if he'll. <laughs> I did sign it, Brian, from the It's All Good Man podcast, but like five minutes after I sent the initial tweet or had the initial text. Uh-huh. So, he's, so I, I wonder if he just looked at it and was like, what the hell is that supposed to be? <laughs> and then saw. I'm sure that he it was knows. I'm sure he saved your money or your money, your number as like super cool pod coast. Pod. Pot, pod coast. A hot. That's what yes. I get when I try and grab my drink and talk at the same hot, time. Hot pod coast. Podcast right, host. <laughs> right. So if you merge that together, it's podcast. Yes. He loves it. You us. know what else always makes me nervous whenever whenever we do these and we wait for somebody and now we're just chatting, waiting for them right. to call in. Whenever I give somebody the phone number and wait wait to call in, I always uh, get slightly paranoid that I gave them the wrong phone number. 
<laughs> like, I, I feel in my normal everyday life, I have very little anxieties or insecurities. But then I start podcasting and I'm always like, what if I pronounce somebody's name wrong? Or is you that really their last name? don't care about that. <laughs> Ask Trevor Bowen. Not like... <laughs> <laughs> Not really like care. It's just like it's like uh, just something that's in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I like it's just something that's there. It's that not happens like I'm every be time I give out my phone number to anybody, which is a pretty regular basis. You, you, the, yeah. Well, especially with your business, right? Because for you, you know, it's well, money. yeah. I was trying to make a joke, but it's actually true. Like I'm always talking to new prospective clients, and I'm always like second guessing my own phone number. And also now, especially after Rick asked, oh, there we go. All right. Hold on, guys. Jeff and Dave, Bob Odenkirk is on the Someone Important Hotline. Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. Hey. Hey. Thank you so much for coming on the show. How's it going? What... What am I on? A podcast here? You are on a podcast called It's All Good, Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy shit. Yeah, yeah we, so we call ours. I don't understand why you would be interested in talking to me. That's really neat of you. Thanks for having this podcast exist. Yeah, absolutely. We we call ourselves the uh, the better, better call Saul podcast because there's a million of them out there. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but we try our best. And since we started two years ago, everybody was like, dude, you got to get Bob on. You got to get Bob. And we're just absolutely honored that that we were able to make it happen. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for doing it. Yes, sir. So uh, Better Call Saul season three, uh, like like actual for real media outlets, uh, AMC has been nice enough to grant us pre-screenings of the episode. So Dave and I have seen the first two couple episodes that are out there mm-hmm. and, uh, uh great. Well, you work. know more than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I can we'll tell you share, did a good well, job. It's absolutely phenomenal. So I, uh, the way that is handled this year, it seems like it has its own distinct tone from the, the first two seasons and, uh, some of the physicality of your acting and, and some of those scenes, like, um, you know, very well done, my friend. Well, thank you. You know, uh, I think that comes from my comedy background and I think I know what you're talking about. Again, I haven't seen it, but I think I know what you're talking about and it comes from doing comedy for so many years. And here's why I, here's my as to why it's a unique season and what you're sensing there. There's a, a confidence season three that allows us to go places that maybe in the past they would have been a little more hesitant to, uh, to go because we weren't really sure what the show was, especially in its first season. Right. And um, we worked, you know, everyone was working so hard to land these characters and and um, find them and, and be respectful to Breaking Bad. And now that we have our own show, and it kind of is working on its own merit, there's a, and, and we know what, what we can do. We've seen it work. We've seen, you know, sort of more comic choices work, right? Mm-hmm. it right up against, uh, you know, drastic uh, danger. <laughs> uh, we, can, we can see it pull that off. <laughs> Now, now these guys are, are 
kind of running with it. And when I say these guys, I mean Peter Gould and Vince Gilligan and the whole production team. Yeah, just the, mm-hmm. the chemistry of the entire team. Because, like, I mean, the actors, the chemistry is definitely developing also, especially when the relationship between, uh, you know, Jimmy and Kim. And then, yeah, just to see everything yeah. come together, even with, like, Brian noticed a significant change in tone. Like, there's just, ever since we've been talking to people involved with the production, it's blown my mind at how pleased everybody is with it and how happy everybody is to work with these creative types. Yeah, yeah, it's just we we just we know what we're doing now and we and we feel uh we feel good about it and we're not worried that we're going to jump the shark or break break the uh the level of reality that we've established. Mm-hmm. You know, we we know that Jimmy uh McGill and Saul Goodman can be a funny fun character to watch. And it doesn't, he just is, and he doesn't, it doesn't hurt the, um, the reality of it to have right. get involved in some of these capers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's funny, you know, between Jimmy McGill, Saul Goodman, and our boy Gene, who I, I don't even think has the last name, we were actually talking just before uh, we, we got on the phone, we were like, how many more characters can Bob Odenkirk play in one universe, in one series. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot like Phil Hartman in The Simpsons. Like, like they all look slightly different, but they all sound the same. But they're all distinct characters that everybody b- loves. So. <laughs> it's true. And who has ever gotten such a gift without earning it? No one. <laughs> There's no, there are actors given their lives to acting who are teaching classes and doing bit parts. And here's this dopey sketch guy, me, <laughs> and uh, these great writers, the best writers in TV going, where else can he go? How, how much deeper can we go? Let's give him another variation. And I'm like, all right. I mean, honestly, you guys, I read the script. I mean, that's the first season of Better Call Saul. There were things I read. And, you know, obviously a little intimidated and challenged. You know, this is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. But really also this feeling of like, what did I, are they really trusting me with this? What did I do to deserve this? I didn't do anything to earn this. And I say it with a smile and glee. And uh, because I don't know what else to do with it. I don't, I don't, I don't think feeling bad about it is going to help anyone. But I have, uh, without a doubt, gotten incredibly lucky here. And, uh, and of course, I, I treat that opportunity as a humbling uh, mm-hmm. experience of something that when I read those scenes with Chuck, those intense, deeply personal scenes where yeah. somebody is struggling with their, their own deep-seated hopes and dreams and, and frustrations, I just see it as, you know, you got to respect the hell out of that opportunity and, and dig in deep and leave yourself over to it, you know, give yourself over to it entirely. But, um, the, the thing overall, the, the, the opportunity to, to then play a comic scene, like what I do in season three, there's a lot of comedy in season three, mm-hmm. um, beyond what you saw yeah. in the first one. I think I know what you're talking about. Cause someone described, some of that stuff in the uh, Poyos Hermanos um, yep. 
restaurant. Uh, and, and I remember doing it and I remember going, wow, this is pure comedy <laughs> in a way. And I, you know, I'm, I'm doing it in the midst of this very serious drama Mm-hmm. And it was great fun. Great fun. I can't wait for people to see it. And it sounds like it's wor- it worked well for people because you're the second uh, bunch of uh, people to say they've seen it and enjoyed that. Well, it's, it's, it's phenomenal so far. And we only have a few more moments with you. And so we have to ask you a traditional question that we always ask, especially you being like a Chicago area guy from Cicero. What is your favorite frozen pizza? Frozen pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's my? Did you ask me what my favorite frozen pizza was? Indeed, it's a curveball. Yeah. It's a curveball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do they still make Tombstone pizza? Oh, absolutely, they do. Man after do my they, own heart, right there. They do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I haven't had a frozen pizza in a while. Uh, <laughs> I've had Trader Joe's. I've had Trader Joe's barbecue chicken. That's a big one. A lot of people talk about that one. That's a popular answer. Yeah, for the record, we see no endorsements from this. We just like asking dumb questions to people more successful than well, we do. I was, I, 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 yeah, I've eaten a whole lot more Tombstone pizzas in my life. It's just I haven't had one in 30 years. But uh, as far as if you go by weight, I've eaten the most uh, Tombstone pizzas. But uh, in recent years, I have to go with uh, with Trader Joe's barbecue chicken. Nice. And uh, time's almost up as a hometown Chicago uh, guy. Real quick, what, what's your favorite regular pizza? Like real actual pizza? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I I like Bacino's Thin Crust. Mm-hmm. And nobody mm-hmm. else says anything about I'm the only one. You are as far as my experience. like that so much. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I said you are as far as my experience. I've never even heard that name before. I think they're still operating. I'll check right now on the internet. Um, <laughs> we'll go on Bob Odenkirk's recommendation. I'm pretty sure they are because I I, I typed it in uh, when I was there in Chicago because I wanted to get it, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we just uh Brandon Hampton was in town and I had dinner with him last weekend and uh everybody was trying to shove pizza down his throat. I kinda felt bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I like the Chino thin crust. Look, it's got it's got yeah, they're still there. next time I go to Chicago I'm eating there. Awesome. It's in Lincoln Park. Oh. oh, that's that's right. That's right in our neck of the woods. You know, we're based out of Chicago, and you know, if you have any uh, spare time, feel free to uh, drop us a line. We'd be more than happy to have a slice of pie with you. And uh, we absolutely appreciate you coming on. It's all good, man. The better, better call Saul podcast, and uh, it's been an honor watching you. And on behalf of uh, the literally tens of thousands of listeners and hundreds of people that have emailed you. That are emailed us about you coming on. Thank you so much. We we really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Bob. Let, gentlemen, Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> thanks, thanks a lot, Bob. <laughs> thanks. Bye. 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 You know, it's uh, uh Bob, uh, super great guy. What's always funny is uh, I w- as we were listening, we did the the pizza question. What cracked me up is that. Bob is so busy and doing so many press junkets today, and we just wasted 30 seconds of his time as he was looking up a pizza place on his phone. 
That's actually my favorite part of That's, the whole interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome. I almost felt bad there for a second. I'm not even sure if they're if they're still on the line. I'm not sure if if they're still there. They're on the line. Extra thin crust. It's really, I love it. Extra thin. Extra thin. Awesome. We'll remember that. Officially endorsed by Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> Absolutely. That is not my favorite podcast uh, moment that I've had. <laughs> yeah, wait for the beast before you start talking about the guest, Brian. Jeez. We were talking good. We didn't say anything bad, right, Bob? We didn't say anything bad. <laughs> no, no. It's good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, have a good one, Bob. Yeah, thank you so much, Bob. It's so cool. There's the there's the three beeps. How funny was that? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was gonna happen because I didn't hear the beeps. <laughs> you know, I didn't either. I didn't hear the beeps either. But my my this pair of headphones that I'm using uh, must have got busted or something in my in my briefcase that I bring to work every day. So it's kind of crackly when I move a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe uh, can you guys hear the beeps on the other one when people hang up? No, no. Some I think I heard it okay, one so, time. So okay, awesome. So I thought it because like usually the timing is when people say bye, it literally takes about two seconds, and then I hear the three beeps, and I know that the guest has hung up. Mm-hmm. So, but like, like right Brian, after you said bye, that Brian, uh, yes, have you yes. heard the three beeps? I have heard the three beeps. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Round two of insulting the star. <laughs> He's officially gone this time. So when when after he said bye initially my headphones started creaking. So I'm like, okay, he's gone. And then I just wanted to talk about how it was funny that <laughs> we wasted some of his time. <laughs> that's, so that's, here's that's another thing is work. when, when you said that you, when you basically invited us to join him for pizza, did he respond? Mm-hmm. Did he say yes? Or did he just blow it off? I was, Cause I didn't hear an answer. <laughs> I think there was probably, it was probably like a courtesy. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, like, but, um, I almost said like, Brian, don't co- do it. Don't, don't do it. Like, <laughs> he wants to get pizza for himself. He's not inviting us. This isn't Brandon Hampton. <laughs> <laughs> Look, anybody who's nice enough to come on our podcast, if they ever said, Hey, I'm in town. I'd love to have a slice of pizza with you. I will make it a point to go have a slice of pizza with them. Whether it's uh, somebody yes. super famous or somebody just starting out, you know, it's always nice to offer because you never know. I don't want anything from the guy monetarily or anything, <laughs> but I would go. Ha- who who the hell wouldn't go have a piece of pizza with Bob Odenkirk? No, I I would, but I'm not going to invite myself to go have a piece of pizza with Bob. Odenkirk. I did not invite myself. I simply gave him an offer for <laughs> my company. The option. Should he be in town? You gave. Him I, gave him the I was option. hoping. I was hoping when you said real pizza. That he was going to reference uh, the fake Marilyn Manson pizza chain from like season three or four of uh, <laughs> Mr. Show, where they had the training videos and stuff. Yeah, never brought yeah, that, yeah, that would have that would have uh, exploded my boner. But you know, I, he, he's also the first person that we kind of got the reaction that I wanted when we asked the frozen pizza question. Yeah, where it was just like uh, like. Why would anybody ask that? Like it was, it was like, almost like just the absurdity. It was like Jeremiah Watkins with the uh, the soup spoon incident. Mm-hmm. Like he was yeah. so befuddled because like Eric Griffin came on and we were talking about superheroes on your sports team. He just jumped right in. He didn't give a shit. Like that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not the reaction we were looking for. <laughs> in all honesty. <laughs> <laughs> 
Awesome. But that's great. Bob Odenkirk, super, super cool dude. I'm, I'm so glad that, uh, I'm so glad that he came on, you know, mission fulfilled. Uh, now we need to, uh, if we can get a hold of Jonathan Banks, that'd mm-hmm. be great. <laughs> and, oh, uh, dude. And when that's when Bob started, trifecta is complete. when Bob started breaking up, I was like, oh my God, no, like, no, two years for this phone call to be shitty. Like, he- <laughs> but I, I paused it and he came yeah. back and I think, I think it came back. All right. And it was fine from then on. I don't know if he moved or what, but it was the connection. I think, was good I think after that. what happens I think what happens because he's doing press all day, I believe. So he's probably sitting there tired of talking on right. the phone. And maybe we were on speaker or something. And then when I said we were breaking up, he, he cut it off speaker. Uh, or, or he was leaving the bathroom or something. Also, one of the best, <laughs> right. one of the best intros of like, what show am I on? What is this? Why am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, but he seemed, he seemed, uh, he seemed genuinely, um, not appreciative, but I mean, he, he seemed genuinely at least amused that, uh, you know, a bunch of people would sit down and make a podcast based specifically on one of his shows. Right. Or maybe it was just like, you know, his publicist was like, here's your next interview, go. And then once he realized who he was talking to, his tone totally changed. Right. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's those guys that I was talking about. What's that, Jeff? What took me back a little bit was that he said that we were the second people he'd talk to all day that had seen the episode. Yeah. You know, I was thinking a press junket, at least, you know, a couple more people would have actually had the credentials to see something so they could ask him questions about it, etc. Right, right. But yeah, that was just yeah. interesting to me. That was interesting. It's all good, man.